welcome to episode two. So in episode one, we had talked about how determining your land objectives is really similar to your family pet. And in a few places, I did emphasize that you really needed a solid why. You needed that foundational why before I I went into my venture about the family pet. And you're like, okay, so let's go back to the why. What is a why? And is it different than actually choosing my land objectives? And the answer is yes. Now, they do need to complement one another. Your why factor, why you own this land, the purpose you own this land, is different than your objective. Your objective is how you communicate with your forester, with your resources. When they say, what are your objectives for these land? You would say something like timber income, wildlife conservation, wildlife habitat for hunting purposes, um, aesthetics, recreational for four-wheeling or camping or fishing, something along those lines. But they really do fall into the five buckets of timber income, wildlife, aesthetics, recreation, and soil water conservation. All of your recommendations in some way or fashion are going to help you reach each of those priorities. And in most management plans, you are going to be touching base for all of those objectives at the same time. Now, there will be priority ranking, which we will get into probably in episode three. Today, I want to talk about your your why factor. Determining what your actual why is, and again, why this is important. I know I'm saying the word why way too many times, probably for you, uh, for your comfort, and you're probably getting a little annoyed by it. But nevertheless, we will keep moving forward. So what is the why? The why is your emotional motivation for the land, your emotional commitment for the land. Now, again, just how your objectives can change through your seasons of life, your why factors can also change in the different stages of your life. In your early young adult years, it may be for that retirement investment income, just as you would be investing into your 401ks at work or your IRAs all of those monetary investments, you may be looking at your land in the same capacity as a economic investment for the future. And in your later years, you may be looking at it more for the aesthetics and recreational benefits of your family retreats, gathering the family together on hunting trips. Uh, so you are allowed to change these these motivational statements or this mission statement, uh, which is kind of what we mentioned in episode one that I did not elaborate on. So a lot of times when it does come to land, most people will have very generic why statements. We own this land for retirement funding. Retirement funding, of course, means your objective is timber revenue, timber income. We own this land for hunting purposes. My son and I like to deer hunt every year, and that's why we bought this land. So we'd have our own piece of property for hunting. Therefore, your objective would be for wildlife habitat, number one. And number two, probably again, some type of income revenue stream. In all your cases, income is going to be up there, at least in your top three priorities, because your land does need to be financially sustainable, which is, again, something we will talk about in another episode. When it comes to whys, I I always hear kind of the same statements. Before people take a lot of time, a lot of reflection, and decide their own mission statements, and they'll say retirement income, college funding, or hunting. 
those are the most stereotypical why statements I hear from average landowners across the board. No matter what state you're in, what stage of life you're in, those are usually one of the top three. Now, I'm going to challenge you to take it one step further. You need to be specific in your why factor for your situation, for your season of life, for your family. And this is what's going to motivate you when times get hard, when management gets really hard to execute because of weather, when natural disasters occur, when the markets are down. You need a solid why motivation statement to help propel you forward, to keep you taking action when nothing is going right. Because when it comes to land management and forest management, everything goes wrong usually. And in rare cases, things actually do go exactly according to plan. But nine times out of 10, you are going to come across a hiccup. You are going to come across an obstacle. It's just how it is. You have a plan A, then you follow to plan B. And before you even get plan B written down on paper, you're already on to plan C. In all of those cases, they are helping you move forward to reach your goals, to reach your objective that meets your why factor. So how, how might this look? You're like, okay, well, I mean, I do own this land for college funding for my kids. I have just harvested. I got this revenue. Uh, the revenue that I just got is helping support my retirement funding, and I am replanting knowing I probably won't be able to harvest these trees. I will be upper in age, and so I am replanting with my kids and grandkids in mind for their college funding. So how is that wrong? I That is exactly why I own these trees and why I'm managing doing what I'm doing. That may be true, and retirement income may be what you are managing for. But I challenge you, and if you were in my financial masterclass snapshot, you heard me talk about these challenges and how you need to be more specific. Retirement income, for example, can look very different for a variety of people. I would ask you, are you looking for a large lump sum income at one point in time? Are you just looking for that one investment check, that one asset check? When you do the harvest, you just want to do and get a big lump sum that you can choose to do with the money however you wish later or or are you looking for periodic income streams that occur every two three five years that maybe don't provide you that $150,000 check at one time but maybe you are getting $20,000 every few years both of these can help you reach your goal and your purpose of retirement income both of these can help supplement your retirement years for different purposes. But how they are executed, how they are managed for, can be very differently. So you can see in both of these cases, income is the priority. And income for your retirement years is your purpose. But one is one large lump sum check that you receive and you kind of do with as you wish at that point in time Maybe you are still receiving some periodic income at a much smaller checks and maybe you're not. Versus another one, you, you are strategically positioning yourself and your land to provide you 
periodic revenue streams. And this, this can look as maybe creating diverse age classes. If you have enough acreage, um, and instead of doing a 300 acre clear cut or a 200 acre clear cut um, every 10, 15 years, perhaps you're doing 50 or 75 acre clear cuts and clear cutting those every three years. And so now you are receiving that larger lump sum check, but every three years. And these are decisions that you wanna be able to look at in the beginning at that reforestation age. Because what you manage and how you make different management decisions are gonna determine what you get 20, 30 years down the line. And so even though retirement income is your why, your why is I wanna receive revenue for my retirement years. You can see already how that might differ. Now, same thing when it comes to college funding. You can be looking at as, do I want one lump sum check for college funding for my kids by the time they're 18 and I can take this money, put it in a savings account, and we can just withdraw from that uh, for the next four years? Or are you looking to do perhaps two type of income streams that are a little bit smaller during their college years or maybe you're looking to pay back their student loans if heaven forbid they have to get student loans to pay for college um, you can see how this might look differently even when it comes to college college funding too you may be having a very specific time point that you are looking to do your harvest versus retirement years maybe you want to retire by 63 64 65 but you have the flexibility of perhaps we're going to retire sooner or perhaps we're going to work a little bit longer we found something we really enjoy and we're going to keep on working all the way through until we can and that's something maybe you've decided later on and so how you receive that money priority wise is going to differ versus your college funding you are going to be looking at a more precise time frame most likely not in all cases but say your grandchild is in middle school right now seventh grade for example you know you want to help support their college and you know they are going to go to technical school or college four-year program or maybe they have aspirations to be uh, an orthodontist and you know that's going to require basically like nine years of graduate and upper graduate and whatever type of schooling and that's very expensive but you know you want to help support it by the time they start their associate's degree when they turn 18 19 years old so if they're 12 and you want to help supporting them by the time they're 18, you have six years. Six years before you want to start receiving either a major lump sum or getting some periodic revenue from your trees. Obviously, very, very different time frames. And the same thing would be true for the wildlife side. I've been talking about receiving that income stream, receiving that money from your trees this entire time, and everyone will be like, oh, Danielle, it's not all about the money, but it is about the money, but I understand it's not all about the money, all right? But let's, let's look at it in the wildlife examples. You're saying, okay, I own this land because I want to hunt it myself. I'm tired of going on WMAs. I want my own piece of property. I've always looked forward to the time that I had our land or I've always looked back and enjoyed the time with my grandparents hunting on the family land and I want to do the same and I want to continue those memories and that purpose and that is why I am managing our land to maximize the wildlife habitat for particular hunting purposes. Okay, that's great. My next question for you is what type of hunting? Deer hunting, duck hunting, turkey hunting, quail hunting? 
any other type of hunting that I'm not aware of, bear hunting. That's about the extent of my hunting knowledge, I will say. But you can see in these different examples, you're going to be managing and making your decisions quite differently. A deer hunting habitat is going to be different than a quail plantation. A quail plantation is going to be quite different than if you are a major waterfowl hunter. You are going to be looking at different habitat types, different management choices, different acreage diversity matrices you are trying to create based on the hunting that you are looking to maximize or do. Maybe your objective and your why purpose is still wildlife. You love the wildlife. You want to do best for them. You want to restore habitat and your focus are endangered species or just simply wildlife viewing. You just love being able to help and being a part of that bigger landscape ecological system. And that's what really motivates you and propels you to move forward to help restore these different habitat types. That's good too. That's great, admirable purpose. I would still challenge you to be specific. You need to be specific on what type of habitat, what species are you focusing on. If you try to help everything at once, if your why is just to help all the animals, all of them, you're not a big hunter, you understand hunting's conservation purposes and its needs, but you yourself are not a hunter and you want to help all the animals. In turn, you're not going to help any of them thrive. If you are trying to create all the habitat in the same space, they are all not going to be able to thrive to its potential. You need to pick one or two that you're really focused on. Now, everything else will get its benefits. Everything down the line will have a domino effect of benefits from it. But if you wanna help something thrive, you do need to choose what it is. And so maybe you're really into the gopher tortoise and you're trying to help the gopher tortoise habitat thrive. And in turn, you're gonna be end up helping the indigo snake. And in turn, you're gonna be helping the bobwhite quail. And in turn, you're actually gonna provide benefits to white-tailed deer because you're prescribed burning regularly and deer like prescribed burn areas and all that new forage. So you can see how if you're focusing on helping the gopher tortoise, you are having a domino effect. And you're like, of course, Danielle, the gopher tortoise is a keystone species. That makes sense. But what about these other animals? What if I'm really focused on this one endangered salamander um, that I don't know the name of, but I know it's there? Then I would highly recommend for you to get with a biologist, figure out what those habitat needs are, how much acreage it requires, because if it's a salamander, it may not need that much acreage space for you to keep this very unique niche area from, but maybe it does. I don't know. And managing it, taking management efforts to help it, is still going to benefit a variety of other amphibians, invertebrates, bird species. Management trumps not doing anything in all of these cases. But trying to manage without a passionate why factor is not going to help you actually take action. Because managing land can be hard. It can be challenging. It can be stressful. It can make you anxious when weather's not going appropriately and contractors are in short demand. And maybe you have small acreage on top of that, which adds extra challenges of actually getting management work done. Having this why factor to help motivate you moving forward is going to help you keep on trekking on to look outside the box and keep your management active. Hazard. 
In all cases, all I'm asking you to do is really take some self-reflection and think about what the why factor is for your land. Really dig deep. Start writing down just some simple words of what your land means to you. What do you want for your future? Why is it so important to you to keep this land within the family? Just write down some words. Do it right now. Do it later tonight. Do it in a journal. Do it on top of your management plan. And if you're in any of my programs, you've heard me talk. Or if you were part of, I believe it was also, again, the Financial Masterclass Snapshot. You heard me mention that with this why factor, I highly recommend writing it on top in the front page of your management plans, whether it's your one-page brief management plan or your stewardship plan. Keep it front and center, and that way, every time you look at what you're trying to do, what you're trying to execute, and maybe getting overwhelmed by the price that it's going to cost to actually get this work done, or you're overwhelmed with the amount of steps you have to take this year that you're trying to execute, putting it bold on top of the page is going to help keep you motivated to move forward because without that passion without that purpose you can feel like you're just a hamster running on a on a spinning wheel never quite sure if you're doing the right work if you're taking the right steps if you're reaching your goals but with a solid why with that solid purpose you can start seeing the progress take shape on your land and feel confident that you are making the right decisions and recommendations. All right, so that's a wrap for episode episode two. Stay tuned for episode three, and I would just love to hear from y'all again. Last episode, I asked, what are your objectives? What are your family pets? What do you choose? What do you resonate with? So this episode, I'm going to ask you, share with me, what is the why that you own this land? Why, why are you so important to keep the land in the, in the family? Why is it so important for you? Why is it that your land is so important to manage? Why are you doing everything that you're doing for your land? Anyways, you can email them to me, landandladies at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook. Just search at landandladies. You can always find me on LinkedIn as well. And if you're ready to really dive in into the knowing what you own, why you own it, understanding the six foundational topics of land ownership, I highly encourage you to look into our Women Landowner Academy. Um, And even if you really are ready to ignite that fire in your gut, look at our Women Landowner Symposium. We only do it every two years, and I promise you, by the end of it, you're going to feel so empowered, so revigorated to start taking action that nothing is going to be able to hold you back. Anyways, until next episode, talk to y'all later.